0: Hi, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators. If you like today's episode, please visit my website at narctroopers.com, where you will find many podcasts, uh, as well as articles, a video blog, and some merchandise. That's narctroopers.com. Today we're going to talk about how cognitive dissonance comes into play when you're in a relationship with a person with narcissistic personality disorder. And so the topic is, was it ever real? And I'm going to posit the idea that it was never real. After the final stage of the narcissistic cycle, when I was summarily discharged and jettisoned into oblivion, there was blame shifting and a smear campaign that attempted to paint me as the villain and elicit pity and fuel for his terrible thing that he had had allegedly gone through. As friends were lost to the campaign, And even if they could not believe the wild stories and allegations, they heard enough to instill the doubt that prompted them to step away. It's a common occurrence when relationships with cluster B individuals end. Collateral damage is inevitable. Sometimes the partner in the toxic relation begins to question what actually happened. Second-guessing true history Assuming their partner's guilt and shame and experiencing confusion about what what actually has happened here is very par for the course. The entire relationship was an illusion, so understandably, that is difficult for most people to accept. Those left behind began to wonder, what is is, uh, real? What about their memories? Uh, they question themselves and their authenticity and what's what's real and what's not. So I compiled a list of the things I know that are true. These are not my truths, but bigger truths that have now become the stepping stones um, up and out of this pit of despair that I was cast into. A reality check is necessary in order to move on be armed with authenticity, and separate fact from fiction, never to repeat the sins of the past. So here are the ten things that I have identified that were not real. Number one, a narcissist cannot love. He cannot love. So any word, gesture, or expression of love was only mirroring back to me what I showed to him. There were so many tender moments and memories that trick me into believing that I was loved and cherished. My acts of service returned twofold sometimes. When I forgave him for countless moral transgressions, he reflected a similar unconditional love towards me By forgiving my mistakes or physical limitations. He was a great parrot of emotion and empathy, but the truth is that he is incapable of loving anyone, not even himself. It was not real, it was never real. Number two, a narcissist does not possess emotional empathy. For 16 years, I witnessed a million kind and supportive gestures. He was sweet and gentle, always doing things that were helpful and nice. He carried his weight, contributed equally, worked tirelessly to build a beautiful life and a beautiful home. When things were difficult, I felt like a man who was uh, so so gentle and loving, must share my pain and empathize with my suffering. But as time progressed, I could actually see the deficit in compassion. All the other wonderful things only created the illusion that he had the emotional capacity to hurt when I hurt. It was never real. Number three. A narcissist does not accept responsibility for their actions or ever apologize for their misdeeds. They refuse to be accountable for the consequences of their actions. It is always someone else's fault and they love to play the victim to evoke pity and gather fuel from all those gullible enough to accept their version of the story as truth. Sometimes, He appeared to have regret or disappointment that something did not work out the way he had hoped, but he never learned from his mistakes because, in his false world, he was not to blame. It was never real. Number four A narcissist's primary goal that drives everything they do is the acquisition of fuel. So if you are sick or unable to provide that fuel, they will find it somewhere else. For many years, I showered him with admiration, affection, adoration, and all the reinforcement he needed with, I believe in you talks, and you are so talented and amazing reinforcement. Only after repeated transgressions did that praise begin to fade as I nursed wounds that never fully healed before the next betrayal would come around. The quality of my fuel was diminished by things that he had done, right? Uh, I was accused of becoming emotionally unavailable when it was his betrayals that caused me to close. True commitment to the relationship was not what kept him. It was never real. Number five. A narcissist knows a good target when they see one. Not everyone responds to their manipulations or exploitation. They often seek targets who have something to offer that they need, ones who are successful and attractive, people who are empathetic, and most importantly, individuals who most often carry childhood trauma wounding. Many people have incorrectly assumed that the age gap, between us and my marriage was the core factor in our demise but it was not a factor at all people marry at young ages and stay happily married their whole lives and couples have age differences um, and they enjoy successful marriages as well look at Emmanuel Macron in Paris you know and his uh, older uh, wife so It was all about forging a relationship where he could incubate, grow, get fat and strong, then disengage when he had fed off of me until I was no longer needed for his survival and status. Had nothing to do with our age. That's the easy cop-out first thing people think about, but I just want to say that wasn't it. He used me for something else and it wouldn't have mattered how old I was or what I looked like or anything, as long as I fit those criterion and fed him well and grew him well. Um, I'm sure the next target that he selects will have those same qualities and provide a similar function, but it was never real. Number six, narcissists have no remorse, no guilt and no moral compass. They may appear to be the most compassionate and kind people you've ever met they may even be moral leaders in the community or examples or role models my husband was a teacher for many years before he decided to throw away that life and to discard that career he um he was a a good did a good deal of work for his students they looked up to him but in the end It's only a false facade, like the series about the psychopath serial killer who only murders the bad guys. Um, He's very high functioning and passes as a forensic detective for the police department. That's ironic, right, that a serial killer works for the police. But it's like that. It's the same thing. They can look you right in the eye and want to kill you and eat your heart for one minute. And then tell you they love you and everything is just hunky dory, peachy keen, the next minute. Uh tippity boo, I think that tickety boo. That's what um a person that I read their uh writing quite a bit. It's a British saying, when everything's kosher, when everything's all cool, it's everything is tickety-boo. So Yeah, they come across like everything is tickety-boo, but it is not when they decide they're done with you. And the speed and the savagery of the way that they dispose of you, it's completely incomprehensible. The image they show the world, that false self they have flawlessly constructed, is not real. It was never real. Number seven. Narcissists have no loyalty or fidelity. Clearly, people who have no moral compass, as I just mentioned, also have trouble maintaining relationships. Individuals with cluster B disorders like narcissism, sociopathy, and psychopathy, anti-social personality disorders, those guys, they have a single-minded mission in life at the expense of everything and everyone else. And that is the acquisition of the fuel, tasty fuel in the form of adoration, attention, and all of the wondrous ways of feeling alive by shining bright and surrounding themselves with minions of groupies and harem members who are bedazzled by the light that shines from them. Ooh, it's so shiny. They are opportunistic and manipulative and would throw their own grandmother under the bus if it secured financial gain, status, or power, fame, or fortune. Yeah. Few narcissists remain faithful to their partners and usually have numerous sources of fuel on the side. They will lie beside you every night and whisper promises of that kind of love that lasts forever, only minutes after firing off a bedtime text or tweet to their new girlfriend. Did they ever really love you? It was never real. It wasn't real. Number eight, narcissists are impulsive, reckless, and they have no fear. I can't even begin to tell you about that. How many conversations that I had with my narcissist about not being reckless, whether it was driving recklessly or whatever it was, there were so many things that were just impulsively not thought through correctly. And then he would be off to the races. And then there's also the no fear thing, you know, emotion in general is kind of flatlined, um, they don't show a lot of highs and lows. Uh, they're very uh, stoic in a lot of ways. And uh, a lack of fear is a big red flag. Uh, they can be have near-death experiences and never show any kind of fear. Well, fear is a necessary emotion for survival. A little bit of fear is a good thing. It tells you how to be cautious um, and that kind of thing. But narcissists, Do not have that. Um, They try to fake it and pretend, but really they cannot rein in their desire to just um, do reckless, impulsive things. If they acted like they were thinking of your safety or their own, they were uh, faking it. It was never real. Number nine, narcissists get bored easily and are always looking for excitement and thrills. Unfortunately, marriages and long-term relationships are often not the source of nonstop fun and adventure. Go figure, right? If anyone ever believed that the grass is greener on the other side, it is the person with a personality disorder. They need the new, fresh thrill of the chase and of new conquests who fawn over them constantly, and who are everything that you are not, I often thought my husband was like a stray dog or feral animal, always hungry, always prowling about, curious, bold, yet appearing like it you know harmless, like he had like uh, sort of cowering a little bit, you know like i'm I'm innocent, and I'm just a cute little animal i'm not gonna hurt you sniffing about for females in heat with their meat dangling all wild and roaming in the in the deserted streets through the night and restless and and caged and and behind those bars that was the prison you shared with them which was your home well you get the picture i could go on and on it's it's gross it's um It's terrible. You can try to tame them, but you know what? They will always be that feral stray uh, who, given the right circumstances, would not hesitate to turn and perform a whole Siegfried and Roy on your ass, a moment of savage carnage, ripping the whole throat out, letting the wild animal take over. Yep, you thought they were domesticated? It was never real. Okay, the last one number 10. Narcissists will not take care of you in times of need. I wrote a whole article about this recently. In sickness and health, forget about it. Though many through the many years he did take care of me. My my husband when I had a car accident, I had surgery, I broke my foot, I had an illness, but the reason was that he was still benefiting from all the things I could provide him, teach him, support him, all that. As soon as he had taken all that I had to give and then some, then he had no use for me. So some of his last words were, I don't want to take care of you. I don't want to watch you die gasping for breath in some hospital bed. I only want to take care of myself. Wow. (laughs) Attitudes about caretaking shifted completely when I had little left to give. And what about all the, the years of great support and care? It was never real. So those are the top 10 things there about the narcissist. Um, so let's talk about how to come out of the rabbit hole. It's a rabbit hole, just like Alice in Wonderland. Going to the crazy place. Going to crazy town. When you are knee deep in the hoopla, (laughs) right? Knee deep in the hoopla. Wasn't that some Jefferson airplane song? I don't know. Anyway, I don't know where that saying comes from. When you are in there up to your eyeballs, drowning in the bullshit and scrambling to get your bearings because you have lost your compass and north is south and top is bottom and up is down. All you know at times like these is that you love this man and you believe that you will disappear and probably die without him or her. It could be a female narcissist. Sure. Um, that is the voice of trauma bonding that's holding you to the ground, foot on your throat, not giving you the opportunity to get up and get out. Life with a person with NPD is life in La La Land. Glittery, sparkly, complete fiction. Your lack of healthy boundaries and neurobiological addiction to your partner demands that you set up permanent residence in the imaginary world down the rabbit hole and you forsake all who try to rescue you from the madness. But at some point, if you do not wake up and escape, their hunger for fuel will compel them to discard you. And you will not be able to continue living in this state of denial, drunk on narcissistic Kool Aid, face down in it, belly full of poisonous ambrosia. You will be forced to dig and claw your way back to life, to the real world, to the harshness of the blinding light. It is ugly and hurtful, bleak and bare, but it is real in all of its gritty rawness. Like those emerging from Plato's cave, you have built a life in a shadow world with a false persona wearing a beautiful mask who who indulges still in magical thinking that can never be real. Sometimes, the perfect fantasy feels so much better than the ugliness of real life, especially the, for those who have had difficulties um, in that real world filled with disappointment, loneliness, and heartbreak. But you can't stay in La La land forever. The glitter and the it will vanish and all you will see is endless concrete, right? maybe a couple of palm trees, Um, masses of desperate people and dreams, broken dreams strewn like trash in the gutters. That's what you're going to see. Once you've tasted it, it's hard to live without the magical extravaganza of smoke and mirrors, song and dance. Nothing else will ever be the same, but grab a pair of dark shades. Now pull yourself together Soldier on like the trooper you truly are. And remember this. Remember this. Everyone wakes up from their dreams at some time. Even the sweetest, most delicious ones. Even if they're all tangled up with wicked danger and a big dose of crazy. You need to remember this one thing. It was just a dream. It was never real. Thanks for listening, everybody. If this resonated with you in some way, please pass it along. Share it with a friend or family member. Uh, Visit me at narctroopers.com and stay safe out there. It's a dangerous world filled with uh, COVID, filled with narcissists and other impaired people who can do nothing but wreak havoc in your life. And it's filled with other dangerous things too. So be careful. Be aware. Be alert. Be awakened. Okay. Much love. Bye-bye.